This is Strange Assembly episode 288, Magic the Gathering in 2021. I'm Chris Stevenson, and here with me today is Mike Cook. Hello. This is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. We are here today to talk briefly about Magic the Gathering in 2021. Now, not Magic 2021 or Corset 2021, but actual 2021, what is going to be coming out for Magic then. We are doing this because Wizards of the Coast just had their... I guess this is the, it's the two years in a row, so can we call it an annual information dump on the upcoming Magic year? It seems like it was pretty effective this year, so I'm guessing it's going to be annual if it wasn't before. <laughs> yeah, so they... Now, there's there's going to be other supplemental products that are added into this. Like, there's no Commander decks on the schedule that they announced, and there's totally going to be Commander decks, at least in 2021, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be less Commander than this year. Kind of have to be, but, you know. There are Commander decks coming out with every set that's not the core set, and since there's no core set next year, that's a little bit bit of a question, too, but yeah. And they're not the same style of commander decks because they're they're more like intro commander decks. Yeah, I mean they that's what they have with Zendikar Rising, which is of course coming out very soon, and we're not going to to get into. But I I wasn't really sure if they were actually going to do this. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we get to the first set of 2021, and they're like, oh yeah, no, we actually have a different sort of fixed deck. It's not commander decks. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but I don't. Consider that to be, you know, writ in stone for the near future or anything like that. And, and it might, you know, it makes sense. Maybe you just rotate what you do with each set. So it's not like every set's not a Planeswalker deck. Every set's not a Commander deck. They, they could do different things with each set. You know, whatever makes sense for the set. Yeah. So just starting off, going through the year, we're just going to, we know almost nothing about these things. So this is just going to be, here's the little bit we know. Here's what Mike and I think or speculate about this. And right, all rank speculation. You can we have no information that doesn't had by anyone else, right, who who watched the, the stream. So the first thing that we have kicking off the winter 2021 set, as it were, is Kaldheim, which is basically, it's a Viking plane. Yeah, I'm not su- as super hyped as everybody else is, but that's fine. Like, I, I, I'm not, like, I don't dislike it either. No, no, yeah, I mean the same thing, yeah, Vi- Viking plane does not get me excited which is fine i don't i don't expect to be excited by every single plane concept they announce it did make me kind of wonder like we could go through all the themes that got really overdone in board games over the last several years so maybe we could have viking plane zombie plane pirate plane and uh well pirate plane is ixalan mars plane uh, it, it, yes, and zombie plane, maybe that's Innistrad, which we'll get to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, to me, uh, if it was more like, because they're specifically saying it's Viking plane, if they said it was Norse plane, I'd probably be a little bit more excited, because Norse mythology has some really weird textures to it that is really interesting. But, it, you know, it, it might be that and they just sell it as Viking, because Viking is easier to say. And also, it's it's, well, no, I guess it's still directly attached to something, but... Yes, I mean, the, the fact that it's Viking plane doesn't mean that there can't be, like, a Mjolnir card or whatever. I don't know, they, they... I mean, you're talking about the nuances of North mythology. They seem to do that less. Like, 
In the original Theros block, there were some deeper cuts into Greek mythology, but it was an entire block. And that's one of the things that they've pointed to as kind of a failure of Kamigawa block, which was, okay, yeah, this is stuff that's actually Asian mythology stuff, but nobody knows it. So right, it, they very specifically have and, and vocally have a desire when they do top-down resonant block that it's it's not so much about being authentic to the material it's about touching on things that people know so i don't know how much in one set you're going to get your obscure norse mythology kick even if it was if that does play into that space well yeah i mean you know i, I think there can be degrees like well because obviously it's the western audience that doesn't know it right probably not all of it but enough that you know that, that makes sense but also you can have deep cuts that nobody knows is a deep cut. Like, you know, you don't have to make a big deal out of it or whatever. But I, I just, I hope they do with some of those. I imagine with the artists and whatnot, they'll they'll sneak some stuff in. Yeah, I mean, and I think the totality of what we know about Call Time so far is that we, we've seen it once before because it was on a plane in the, I think, original Plane Chase supplemental project. So we know that there's a place called Skybreen, and I've got to assume that there will be a card to represent that, since that's the one and only call-out they can do. <laughs> right. <laughs> to something for this. And uh, I've seen some speculation that people think it might be the return of Snowlands, but literally, other than that, that's like it feels like everything we know about it. it, it yeah, I mean, it, it would make sense. Oh, there's Snowlands again? Although, I mean, we. it feels like it wasn't really that long ago that we had Snowlands, but sure, have Snowlands oh, again. Horizons, yeah. Sure, go to town. Have snow stuff. <laughs> it's, it's, yes, I mean, I, I think that makes sense. Yes. So the the second standard legal set for 2021 is Strixhaven School of Mages. Now, I'm substantially more interested in this, although the, on, the only official information they gave is it's the finest magical academy in the multiverse where there's five competing colleges. I mean, I personally, I, I still like the Talarian Academy, but what do you know? I'm I'm old, right? You know, I'm kind of excited for this. I am not the biggest Harry Potter fan, although I like read all the books and I enjoyed them. But I feel like this is going to be a really good gateway to get a bunch of people in, especially, you know, with a lot of people being disappointed in the author for Harry Potter. I think people are still like that content, but would like to channel it somewhere else. And it seems like a pretty good pickup. Yes. I mean, one, Harry Potter is not the only magical school out there in fiction, although Obviously, it is the the most famous, uh, but I don't. I mean, is it going to be teen focused? Maybe. I mean, if it's people who are older than you know a YA novel, that that can still be pretty cool. They say college, so it's kind of hard to tell, right? Because college, you think more like late teens, early adults into mid adults, but you know, you could technically say college is you know all kinds of ranges, so it's not specific. Yeah, the set title is School of Mages, but the description they gave talked about colleges. So it's possible. So that's all we really know. I do have some like ludicrously rank speculation about what it could be, although then I can give a reason why I'm probably that that rank speculation is is wrong, you know, aside from the fact that I'm completely making it up. So, So Strixhaven, we could talk about the mythology of Strix, right? sort of this vampire-ish owl things, and then they it spreads around other things. But within the context of magic, the primary place that we've seen Strix is on Esper. 
right? And they're just owl. They, I mean, you can't tell by looking. They just look like owls. But you right, you you, you get a couple of them that are owls with death touch. So you have Tide Hollow Strix that appears in Shards of Alara, and then Parasitic Strix that also appears in Alara Block. Baleful Strix showed up in Plane Chase and then in various other products, but it is a blue-black artifact creature. It's clearly totally from Esper. There's a, a Blizzard Strix in Modern Horizons, but, I mean, Modern Horizons can be anything, so that doesn't mean anything. So, one of the things that's out there is that they kind of ruined Alara, right? This is something that they've done with multiple plants, and they've talked about having done this with multiple plans and realizing that we need to like work on a different way which is where you start out with a plane with a cool concept and then you go through the story of that block and by the time it's done you've blown up the plane or you've blown up whatever was different about the plane so right like Amonkhet for example is totally gone you want to go back to Egypt like eh not not really there anymore right the, the whole place got wrecked but one of the stories, I think it's not entirely wrecked, but it, it is, like, very largely wrecked. And so Alara, like, Alara is still there, but the whole shtick of Alara was that you had these five separate shards, where each shard only had three kinds of magic, and what would that look like? And by the time that block was done, Alara had been merged together into one plane, thus eliminating the whole, whole shtick about it. But right. if we read way too much into the fact that the Strix are most closely associated with Esper, perhaps Strixhaven is on Alara, and the five schools represent the five shards. You know what's funny? It's, I was literally thinking this before you even got here. I was actually thinking a while ago, I was like, you know, I'd kind of like go, go back to Alara, because it was a pretty impactful set, as far as the history of magic of nothing else, right? Because the shards are what we still use to, to refer to the different pies of magic and I, I think those are really good because they allow for a good bit more depth whenever you have those combinations than just the individual colors and five indicates it's either if it is if it's two colors and that would be an incomplete cycle right because you'd need 10 and it seems like a college would probably not be so straightforward as to only have one color you know, have each school be only one color, although that is also possible. So then it either has to be shards or wedges. And shards makes a lot of sense exactly like you said, because Alara is not really a place that can fill that any. Those names are really good and people like them and then they attach to them, even though it also confuses people all the time. Yeah, I mean, I know I, I still get turned around by the the wedge names, like when people label them from Tarkir, because I wasn't playing during Tarkir block and that was like one set. <laughs> yep. And and, no, no, and, I, and exactly they had the, the flavor weirdness that the clans weren't centered on the wedge, right? They weren't they weren't centered on like the one that was off by itself, like you would expect for drafting purposes. I think they're centered on one of the pair. But now now there are a couple of counterpoints. One is that hey, come on, there's a Strix. We've seen it. There was a Strix in War of the Spark, so it's not like. The Strix only exist on Alara, so there's that. And indeed, the, the, although I will note that the Sky Theater Strix from War of the Spark talks about courier owls, so it's like totally has the Harry Potter vibe to it. The other thing is that if we were really going back to Alara, would they announce the set and not mention that? Would Alara not like feature in the? T I don't know. I 
Yeah, I think I, I, I think they would. Like, I, I think that'd be a pretty cool reveal of like, oh, hey, by the way, we're actually going back to Alora because this is how, you know, they've rebuilt or whatever. And maybe it's not the same as far as, you know, the the shards exactly go, but people kind of naturally redivided themselves because that's how they had learned magic. And that really makes sense flavor-wise in the context of this. You would have a bunch of people who, yeah, they now exist in a world with five colors of magic, but all of their magical theory is going to be based around only the three colors. So it, yeah, it just seemed to me like, yeah, that, oh, maybe this is a way you could kind of recreate a microcosm of the five shards, five colleges that line up with the five different ways that the five different shards did magic. And of course, you could just use the shard labels again. Uh. <laughs> well, and we, we, we have a bunch of, like, wizard professors and teachers already, right? Because in Dominaria, we got... Nahan, who's the Dean of Iteration, and Narumiha, and Kazmina sure seems like she's been a teacher somewhere, and maybe they're just Larian College, uh, because it is Dominaria, but it seems like you could have some, you know, professors move, so it seems like you could have some splash. Except that in the lore of magic, if you are not a planeswalker, you cannot move between, living material cannot move right. between planes, right? That's why Bolas had to go through this ridiculous convoluted plot of having undead transported through the planar bridge because that way they could actually go through without dying like you can't there was this whole thing where they had to, yeah, like, try to explain why mawu can go through and kaya's like one of the, i think the only planeswalker that is planeswalked people with her they could come up with something to justify that if they wanted to obviously but it would be a significant rework to just drag a bunch of, of professor types. I, I mean, I, as I like those people because I like Dominaria. Like, hey, but you know, we can just go back to Dominaria. Well, it, it, it's just that uh, they specifically said it's like the best pre prestigious college in the multiverse, it, right? In the multiverse, which is, which, which yes, which is other than planeswalkers, it's kind of a nonsensical concept because in the lore as it exists right now... It, you, how could you? How could anyone ever compare anything? I mean, right. you theoretically could. Like Jace could be like, "Oh, you think you're good, Tolaria? Well, check out. I heard I went to this Strixhaven place. You can never see anyone who went to Strixhaven unless they're a planeswalker. <laughs> but hey, I'm just telling you, you stink." To be fair, this sounds like something Cameo or Jace would do. <laughs> that 100 that sounds right up their alley. <laughs> yes, I would, especially if it was like I went to Strixhaven. <laughs> 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 Alright, so the third standard legal set that's going to be releasing in 2021 is, instead of the core set, Dungeons and Dragons, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. I have to say, while I have personal moments that, you know, are more interesting to me, that as far as products go, it is possible that a D&D &D magic set is, I think, is the most excited I have ever been about any magic product announcement ever. Yeah, it, it's it's real good. Everybody seems super hyped for it, if nothing else. Yes, I mean, I have loved that they started making campaign-setting books of Magic Planes in Dungeons & Dragons. I, I love all the splashes, like the Bag of Holding that showed up, and the Swords of Dungeons & Dragons in the unset. Yes, that is great. That is <laughs> great. That's great, yes, we've had the Bag of Holding, but I... I don't know what I want them to do with it. I don't. I mean, do I want do I want legendary Elminster or or things like that? Do you want Elminster as a planeswalker? <laughs> Gains a spark. <laughs> I'm sure they will do something interesting with it. I don't know what the. I, 
it's the Forgotten Realms. So, I mean, it's the Forgotten Realms, and they're so big on legendaries now. I don't see how you can not. I mean, like, it would seem weird. I'm not super huge on the character, but he's enormously popular. So, are they really going to have like a Forgotten Realm set and not have a card of like Drizzt? You know, right? Oh, the th- the thing that ma- makes me laugh is like wherever the Planeswalkers show up, it's always bad stuff happening, right? It- it's kind of the superhero effect of like, well, you know, is the Batman really good or is he bringing the Joker with him? I feel like the Planeswalkers are going to show up in the Forgotten Realms are going to be like, oh, not these people again. Like, we've already got enough of our own problems. We really don't need you bringing stuff in. Well, that's interesting, because I had been thinking of it as a corset replacement. I had been thinking of it more as separated from the magic story. Like, the fact that Teferi is in a set, or Chandra is in a set, doesn't mean Chandra is actually doing anything in the broader magic story. And so I had been kind of thinking about it like that with the Planeswalkers in Forgotten Realms. But it's interesting. It's I'm super excited about mixing the products. I'd have to give it a little thought. Hmm. Well, I mean, it would really, I think, only be impactful for for magic. I don't know that it would actually do anything to the Dungeons & Dragons setting, right? Like, maybe the, besides hey, you know, they kind of know these people exist or whatever. If they can't planeswalk still, then it's really not going to be impactful. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, and my guess is because of the way the D&D 5e focuses, right, the Forgotten Realms is an enormous place that has lots of detail about all sorts of, of stuff. But in 5th edition, the Forgotten Realms focus is almost entirely on the Sword Coast. So I imagine that we're going to be like looking at Neverwinter and Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep and that sort of stuff when they're there. I'm, I'm guessing we're not going to see cards spread all across the realms, but I mean, it's only one set. Well, Baldur, the new Baldur's Gate's coming out, right? Baldur's Gate 3, it's coming out beginning of next year or end of this year. So I would not be surprised uh, to see that that would be, you know, like, I bet you see a little bit of everything. For whatever reason, I always like the religious aspects of these fantasy settings. There's so many gods in the Forgotten Realms, though. You could, I don't know, you could have another cycle of god cards to, to <laughs> go with all my fake Greek ones. Look, I'm hoping for, like, right, you need a way to maybe have things go in between other things. I'm just hoping this leads to the D&D set where they bring back Spelljammer. It probably will not ever happen, but, you know, you can bring back vehicles. Uh, it would be my jam. So there, there actually is a reference to a... In Rime of the Frost Maiden, which hasn't come out yet, I think it comes out on the 15th, maybe, of September, but I got my review copy in the mail yesterday. No, oh, nice. I, and I'm not, through, I'm not through it yet. Mm-hmm. There's at least references, and I think more, there's there's more than references, and oh, really, I mean, this might be even a spoiler, but no, not really. Anyhow, there's something about a spaceship in there, like an illithid spaceship. Well, that, that goes with the Baldur's Gate stuff that's happening. I don't know if you saw that trailer. Oh, I didn't realize it was... Oh, you know what? Probably is, yeah. I was just thinking spaceships. Starjammer, Spelljammer had spaceships. But you're not wrong, right? Like, they hear loud and clear that people really want space... That real people do want Spelljammer, right? It's one of those weird things that... Uh, I think they're reluctant to do exactly what they did in 2nd Edition, where they put out so many planes that they just kind of cannibalized themselves. Like, I, I think they really did learn that lesson. Which is just more... Like, I don't think you have to not do it it's just like have a limited release not expect each one to be its own like product line which is kind of how they treated it before well and, and that's what they've done so far with the few that they've had right you've got yeah. an eberron book and then you've got the two magic setting books 
I mean, I, I feel the same way, although it's kind of weird. I sit here and like, I really would like them to make a fifth edition, like more fifth edition setting books. Like, let's have a fifth edition. Dark Sun. Planescape, Planescape. is obviously the one I would actually want. But I mean, yeah, yeah you. I mean, you've got Planescape and list. Dark Sun and Dragonlance and Birthright it, and and uh, the Curse of Strahd almost feels like not like almost like a gimme because they released it almost as its own product, which they, is not similar to what they've been doing with other things. The interesting thing about those is as a setting book, I, I kind of wonder why do I have a rational reason for really wanting those? Because I already know about those settings. No single setting book is really going to say much more about Planescape than I already know. And it's not like I need a setting book to introduce mechanics for running those places. So why, why do I... I mean, an adventure... I like a campaign set there, like rather than releasing Planescape as a campaign setting, having like Planescape Adventure, that actually would probably be more useful because that way you can use old, you know, you don't have to like go dig back to some old adventure and try to remake everything mechanically for fifth edition. But anyhow. Yeah, I think like a book is fine, right? Maybe a book, maybe a monster bestiary if you really, like, you know, if it's really unique monsters or whatever. That's never going to happen with fifth edition. Yeah, pr- probably not, but I'm, I'm just surprised they haven't done it more. And, and there's very specifically a reason why they haven't, right? Like, that's, I don't, I don't think they're neglecting it. I think it's a very core part of their strategy. Yes, 5th edition has clearly been more minimalist. All right, so then the 4th and 5th standard legal magic sets for 2021 are, these are placeholder names, Innistrad Werewolves and Innistrad Vampires. It's Innistrad. I like Innistrad. I like vampires. I don't really care about werewolves, so we know which one of these sex sets I'm more interested in. What I'm more interested in is that they're releasing five sets. Because normally there's four standard legal sets a year. A core set or core set replacement, and then, you know, what back in the day would have been large, small, small, but not how it works anymore. So they have said that all they're doing, like that they're not changing the number of standard sets in a rotation year they are just for unspecified reasons moving up what would have been the winter 2022 set like the winter set instead of releasing in february is actually just going to release in you know late november or december or whatever oh is that what they said because like i thought it would make sense right because we're it's september and we're about to get the new set for zendikar so you would expect, because it's every three months they put out a set, right? So you'd expect sometime in December you would have the next set, even though that, so that's going to be 2021, so that's going to be the uh, Kaldheim. But Kaldheim isn't coming out until actual 2021, because in November they're releasing Commander Legends. Oh, I wonder if they're just trying to squish it because it's going to, well, no, but did, did any release actually get pushed back for a standard set? I have to say, I'm just too cynical. I look at their explanation and wonder what like sort of loophole there is there, because they push out so much magic stuff now you're not wrong do i really believe them like if they announced the 2022 schedule and there were like another five standard legal sets in 2022 i wouldn't be even slightly surprised yeah you're not wrong or they monkeyed with how rotation works in some way so that rotational years aren't aren't the same as calendar years or i don't know what and they might just be adjusting maybe they're just 
pushing up in some way how the schedule works maybe or i mean i also wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like there's five releases this year and then there's still a release in february but now like there's a release in may and that's what sets the rotational calendar it's completely speculatory on my part but i also wouldn't entirely be surprised if they maybe tightened the standard window up because it's two years right now right didn't they briefly shorten it before yeah because at at max you were going to have six sets if i'm remembering correctly it was that all the blocks were now going to be two sets and it was whenever the third set come came out it was going to push out what was whenever the fourth set first set was going to come out the last oldest set would rotate it block the block would rotate out you would have three blocks be legal at any one point in time where each block was like large small i think that was the model they were going with at the time Right, so you either had five or six sets in a standard, so it was actually a very standard size the whole year through. But that got pushed back because people didn't like it because they didn't get to play with their cards that for that long. They want their cards to be legal longer, yeah. But I think, I also look at stuff like War of the Spark and some of the other design decisions, decisions that they made and how people, long people have had to live with that, and things just feel a lot faster now because you have Arena and everything. And so I'm thinking maybe they're, they're going to push it up because they're like, well, this is a life everybody wants. And everybody really likes the Eternal format, so that there's good support for other stuff if you don't want to just do standard. And I think Arena definitely pushes them to do things faster. I mean, I think Arena is extremely related to how they're willing to now be like, we're banning something, it's effective immediately, and like not doing this whole... like. We only announce a ban once every three months, and then it's not effective for a month after that. And, and I mean, because they see that, I mean, the way that, like, on Arena, the fact that you don't have to physically build decks helps with this, too. But the way that on Arena, there's just, like, constantly alternative formats. If you go on Arena right now, you can just, like, skip out on Standard and go ahead to Standard 2021. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they've got Historic, they've got Brawl. You know, there's a lot of different ways to play. And I don't think that's necessarily bad, as long as it doesn't divide the community too much. And it, if you grow the community, it's probably not going to. Like, it's just cool to have different ways to play with your cards. Yeah, but mostly it's just that I'm cynical, and they are just pushing out so much product. And I yes, kind of don't really... I mean, unless they made some sort of, like, ironclad broad statement, I would not put it past them if there's some wording particularity to that or mealy mouth about it where like they're totally like pushing up the number of standards in a calendar year it, it, it which is what matters for your wallet right well with, with the two extra sets too for the two eternal sets it feels like they're gonna have to like there's gonna be a breaking point somewhere like even the biggest magic fan it, it, we're all ready to back-to-back previews right we literally get like two weeks between preview seasons I want to say that, like, there's a breaking point at some point, but I don't know that there's actually any evidence that that's the case. I mean, they they release (laughs) more stuff and people buy more stuff. Yeah. You're not wrong. But that's that's all standard. You mentioned two Eternal sets, right? So there are are two non-standard legal sets that were announced as part of this. In the first half of the year, there's Time Spiral Remastered. In the second half of the year, there's Modern Horizons 2. I like sets like Time Spiral Remaster. This is the first time they've done one physically where it's we're going to take cards from across all three sets in Time Spiral and we're going to make that into a nice draftable format and we're going to do some cool treatment things like print more recent magic cards and like really old looking frames 
And also now you'll be able to get foils of some of the stuff back then when like and to me, like you really can't go wrong with something like Time Spiral Remastered because the worst thing is that it's not interesting. It's a reprint set. So it, it was like double masters. Like I didn't I double masters was really expensive. I didn't buy any. It affects me not at all. I bought a handful of singles that were cheaper now because Double Masters came out, which which is great. That's get more copies of cards out there. Go. I feel no pressure to buy this, so I'm entirely happy for them to do things like Time Spot where we mastered. And I'll check them out to the extent I feel that they're cool and that they play well enough and that they have cards that I want to get. You know, I'm the same way. I didn't get any double masters because I was like, you know what? This is pushing down a lot of the singles I kind of wanted. I kind of eye for commander or whatever. And that's enough. Like, you don't have to try and gamble on the packs. You can just get the stuff that you need now, like $10 or $20 less than you would have. I'm mad because I bought Master Transmuter for like $15, not even a year ago. And now she's like three. She's got good art. That was one of the ones (laughs) I picked up. I'm like, well, that's good. Uh, you know, she's good, but also, you know, it stinks. But you know what? I'll take it if it's available moving forward at that price. And But, but I completely agree with you. Uh, also, I kind of hope, just really quickly, I hope they kind of put this in Arena because that'd be another cool set to have in Historic. And also, it's really cool to have people, there's so many more new people in Magic, to have them see the cool stuff that happened in Time Spiral is just really cool to think about. Uh, yeah, well, it's not just Time Spiral either, right? Because there are, just like there were time-shifted cards in the original Time Spiral... I think there are time shifted cards in this time spiral that are all right, right. that are they're also reprints, but they're I don't I mean Old I don't order. know how much I want them to I, I guess they get to curate it, so I don't I'm like I'm, I want to say I don't know how much I want them to put in historic, but yeah, well they they have the list coming out with the Zendikar set boosters, right? And I guess and all the set boosters, so that's another cool way people get to see older cards. Yeah, it's kind of funny. My ten year old is very excited about the list. When do we find out about what's on the list? And, and to me, I'm like. Like, it's a muscle sliver. I, I mean, this is like a Tempest <laughs> Uncommon. I yawn. I've got these down in the basement if you want to take them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, for for Magic Boomers, it's maybe not a success. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm mixed because I, I went in and out of Magic so much. It's like cool to see some of the stuff that's nostalgia, and then some of the stuff I just completely missed. So it, it, it's an interesting mix for me. Then the other set is Modern Horizons 2. This is new stuff, although they're... Probably the the only thing we've really, I mean, other than it's another Modern Horizons set, about the only thing that they've said, I think, about Modern Horizons 2 is that they're breaking one of the rules of the first Modern Horizons, which was no reprints, because they are reprinting the enemy Fetchlands here in addition to them appearing as expeditions alongside Zendikar Rising, because apparently the lack of availability of enemy Fetchlands is something that people get really angry and, like, loud about. So... Like it's they're super announcing. I mean, like that's that's announcing the presence of specific cards way in advance. <laughs> yeah, they have to move right way in advance too, right? Like I get it. If you are an internal format person, if you want to do legacy or modern or whatever, these things are driving people out from being able to play your format because they're just so expensive, and they wouldn't be that expensive if they would get more printings. Uh, but at the same point. I'm so tired of going on to any magic-related thing that's like an announcement, and everybody there is just spamming, fetch lines, fetch lines, fetch Like, they get it. You're not helping anything. I don't know. I mean, they're probably helping their their views count, which is a perfectly sure. reasonable thing to want to help if you're on YouTube or doing a podcast. Or, I, I mean, like, that that is 
if if you want to like do it as something other than a dumb hobby like like me, right? You really have to care about the kind of thing. I, I don't know. So Modern Horizons, I it, it's interesting too. Like so, these are new cards. So yes. it's not like Times Prior where I can just be like, oh yeah, whatever. They're doubles. On the other hand, I maybe it's just because it's presumably going to have the higher price point. I will look much more carefully at whether or not I actually get this. Like a normal set is priced cheaply enough that I can kind of just get a box, even though I know that the overwhelming majority of the cards in it are useless. And I'm still not collecting. uh, It's not like I'm collecting complete sets. So it's not like I I need to get everything. It's just, oh, look, it's a lot of commons. I mean, Modern Horizons is still going to be that. You're hoping for higher top end going to be kind of interesting is right one of the biggest things modern horizons was known for like a lot of people really like the designs and the stuff they did but also it was known for having four or five completely broken cards they had to ban out <laughs> so hopefully you know I, I think people are okay with them shaking up the formats for the most part but i think that they have to be a little bit more careful a little bit more cautious not that they don't want to but you just really don't want another hogak and urza okay so those are our thoughts on the recently announced Magic the Gathering set releases for 2021. Look forward to seeing you next time. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast there through the Apple Podcast app, iTunes Music Store, Google Podcasts, or any uh, particular podcatching service. Regardless of where you find us, but especially if it's Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or review. That helps people find the show. If we do not appear on your favorite podcatching service, please let me know. I would like to fix that situation. You can reach me at chris at strangeassembly.com. You can also find us on the usual social media. We're Strange Assembly on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Follow us there. We always appreciate that. But until then, for Mike Cook, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.